It's the JT The Brick Show. They get the snap off. Hand off Jacobs. Has the first down of the goal. 15-10. 5. Touchdown Raiders. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Raiders bring a blitz. He is smothered and brought down. Max Crosby came around for the sack. Your silver and black home to sound off for over 20 years. Snap to car in the shotgun. Back to pass. Climbs the pocket. Eyes downfield. Fires a strike to Devontae to 25. Breaks away 20. 15, 10, 5. Dives. Touchdown Raiders. And now, here's JT the Brick. Out of the gate, JT with you. Happy New Year for those who are traveling, trying to get back here, leaving, doing whatever you're doing. Thanks for listening to Raider Nation Radio as we start now as the 49ers are coming to town. I'm tweeting out, sound off like you got a pair, 702-365-9200. Everybody knows the elephant in the room. Uh, Derek Carr is inactive. Derek Carr is not with the team. It looks like the Derek Carr, not official, era has come to an end in Las Vegas with the silver and black, and fans want to talk about it. And that's when I'm here. Some call me a writer therapist. I'm not a therapist. I'm one of the few guys in sports radio who have never been to therapy yet. So I just run a fast-paced radio show for two hours before i got to do three hours at night. And this show is my way of getting loose and getting excited about Raider football. And this year, it's been quite interesting. This is one of my last shows of the year, a year that has been, I don't know how to describe this year. I don't know how to describe this year. I described the year by my friendships, the people I know, what happened, want to see the team win. They came up short with their goals and aspirations, been there, done that before, optimistic about winning in the future, the Super Bowl coming to Vegas next year, uh, Vegas having an NFL team, a team that went to the playoffs last year, came up short this year, uh, Rich Bisaccia, John Gruden before that, uh, Josh McDaniels now, Dave Ziegler, same old JT, I'm behind the whole thing, I'm not, I'm not running away, I'm not running away, I'm not uh, with a pitchfork, I'm not burning, burning relationships because you want me to, okay, I'm just going to do what I do and try to preview the game ahead, talk about what happened in the last game, what we know about the roster, and try to figure it out. And then we sprinkle you in for the additives. You are the additives to this broadcast when we don't have a guest or I'm not talking, needing oxygen to take a breath, going on this run that I go on every day. We want to hear from you. We really want to hear from you. We always want to hear from Raider fans. We always want to know what Raider fans are thinking, and we want you to call in and feel good at JT the Brick on Twitter, 702-365-9200. And thanks for listening on the Raiders mobile app because I see the numbers, and they're big, big, big. They used to have ratings, and they used to have this or that. Let me tell you how many people are listening to this show all over the globe. We never had an opportunity to do that when I was on the flagship in the Bay Area. Now we have a real flagship where people listen. I think more people listen than outside of Vegas, which is cool because we have the opportunity to talk to Raider fans outside the market, and that is really important to me. And I want to hear what you think from New Jersey to Florida, from Seattle to Chicago. I want to hear what you think about this team. Cover of the Review Journal today, Car Parked. Raiders bench quarterback likely ending career with the franchise written by Vinny Bonsignor. Pretty accurate. Uh, Derek will not play anymore. Is there a chance he could play? Is there any type of scenario where he could come back? Yeah, there's one. He's inactive. The only scenario where he comes back is if the Raiders don't have a quarterback already mentally picked out for the future or mentally picked out in the draft where they're trying to position themselves to get to. 
Well, what we've noticed with the media, and some media, remember, as I point out to you, they don't know the Raiders. They don't know the roster. They know nothing. They don't go to games. They don't know anything. They read their radio shows. They have producers write their radio shows. Anybody who has a brain understands that Derek Carr is being parked these final two games because if he gets injured, they have to pay for all of next year, and they don't want to do that. They don't want to do that. Okay, they don't want to pay Derek Carr for next year now. Okay, they paid Derek Carr, and Derek Carr made an enormous amount of generational wealth for his children and his future children to come. Derek Carr has been paid a lot of money, and he deserved all that money. He's the face of the franchise. Derek Carr, who I consider a friend, I've met him many times. I've interviewed him. I hosted the Derek Carr show in a year. He should have won the MVP. I think that Derek has done everything to be the face of this organization through some trying times including six head coaches, a lot of defensive coordinators, and most importantly to me, a franchise move. Going from Oakland to Las Vegas, where Derek loved Oakland, and Derek loves Vegas, loves Vegas. How could you not love Vegas? Look where he lives. Look at the lifestyle that he has here, from playing golf to being a quarterback to doing everything he can do here with his family and friends. And now Derek's going through a tough time, and everybody should feel for Derek Carr. Everybody should have sympathy and empathy for him. That doesn't mean you wanted him to remain your quarterback. A lot of Raider fans want to move on from Derek Carr. They wanted to move on from him for four or five years or two or three years. And other ones want Derek to be the franchise quarterback until he's 60 years old. So there's something here in between. What is the right reasoning behind this move? The reasoning is simple. To every NFL analyst, they have to park Derek because if he gets hurt, the entire offseason is destroyed in regards to what's going to happen with what they want to do, Dave Ziegler, Josh McDaniel, under Mark Davis. They want to have options. We all want to have options. I'd like to have more options in life, don't you? So they're running a business. They're running a football team. They got a lot of money that they want to have to go out and get new players because they need a lot of new players. They have a core group of players they just paid that are really good. They have draft equity. They haven't traded away their draft picks like Denver did to get Russell Wilson. Anybody listen to Denver radio lately? Woo! How would you like to be there, Raider Nation? You're pretty pissed off. Listen to Denver radio, New England radio, and some of these other teams. And they want some options in the offseason, and unfortunately their option seems to be they want a new quarterback. And that's it. We got to deal with that. They want a new quarterback. You don't think they have the right to do that? Well, then you must not see the name on the business card, GM and head coach. They have the right to do this if the owner agrees. And as of now, the owner agrees that they're going to go in this direction. He has confidence in them. And that's really what we're talking about on the radio. How much confidence do they deserve? What's their track record in the past? They're trying to deconstruct the roster as we speak. Now, that's been a big topic on this broadcast all year, is the, the plan that I know of that I brought to you. You know, it's like a scene in Game of Thrones I often reference. You know, I'm the guy with the plan, and I bring it to the castle, and they assassinate me outside the castle because I'm delivering the plan. Like, it's my plan, right? I'm just telling you what I know. And the plan is to bring what they've done successfully in New England over the years to consistently go to the playoffs and be a better-run football organization from scouting to coaching, to player, player development, and all that. That's what they're trying to do. I, I think I know the grade you would give them right now because you're highly emotional and you're pissed off that they're not winning. 
So that plan is going to go forward, and they got to get it right. And in order for them to get it right, I am sensing that they want to get it right and they want to get a different quarterback. So they either want a better quarterback, and there are plenty of better quarterbacks than Derek. Let's get that elephant out of the room. There are plenty of quarterbacks better than Derek in this league. They're called elite quarterbacks. They're elite with a capital E. Derek is not elite. Derek is really, really good. And I think you can win with Derek. I'll always say that, even though it looks like Derek is gone. I believe you can win with Derek if you surround him with the right players. But that's not going to happen. So either they go out and they get someone who's better than Derek, who are either old at the end of their career like Brady or Aaron Rodgers, or they try to get Lamar Jackson, who could be franchise tag, but that thing's kind of interesting what's going on there. Or they're going after one of these young gun quarterbacks who all look to be pretty good. There's some quarterbacks coming out in this draft that I wouldn't call him Patrick Mahomes, but I call him Josh Allen. I remember Josh Allen in Wyoming. Do you? None of you? No, you don't, huh? Josh Allen was just Josh Allen at Wyoming. They're going to try to get the next Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow. And in order to do that, you might need a top three pick. So we know they're going to have a top ten pick, maybe six or seven. Then they have all their other draft picks, and they might trade Derek and get another first-round pick to move up and get that kid. Or it could be Jimmy Garoppolo on a year where he backs up one of these kids who are really good that drops all the way to six or seven, and Dave Ziegler doesn't have to give up another draft pick. They get their quarterback. They have their bridge quarterback, who's pretty good as a veteran, and then they rebuild. they got to get at least two offensive linemen in. We all agree, right? At least two. Dylan Parnum's safe. He's the third pick overall. Colt Miller's safe. Right, They got rid of Leatherwood. So who else stays? Assuming one or two of them stay, they are Mumford. They got to get two offensive linemen. They got to get, in my opinion, they got to get at least two linebackers. They got to get a corner. And they're going to get that via the draft and free agency, the combination. So in order to do that, if they can get an extra draft pick or two for Derek, depending on what other teams want to do, that will help the offseason. But getting back to Derek, what type of goodbye does he deserve, even though this isn't a formal goodbye? This isn't a formal goodbye. Derek's done. But for a lot of people, that's what the writing on the wall looks like. I interviewed the head coach today over at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. You'll hear it tomorrow. Uh, I asked him about what went into the decision. He told me that a lot of it's about Stidham. We know the elephant in the room is the contract with Derek and him not getting hurt. The coach is not going to address a contract with a current player who's under contract. You all understand that. And what they're going to try to do to, get, to see if Stidham can play better. Look, for Stidham, I don't think he's going to be the answer here. Could he be the backup quarterback next year? Yeah. It's Josh McDaniel's playbook. Jared Stidham played under and was in the quarterback room with Tom Brady for one year and Derek Carr for a couple of years. That's some, pretty, that's some pretty good study habits, wouldn't you say? Jared Stidham has been with Tom Brady and Derek Carr for three years and looking at this playbook, which is his playbook built by Josh McDaniels. He knew it better than Derek. Jared Stidham was helping Derek learn the playbook when he got here. But we know that Stidham isn't Derek Carr. So I don't know what you want to do with Derek. Uh, the wound is open. It hurts. We all like Derek. He's going to be one of the most important Raiders who ever lived. He's got the touchdown record. He's got the yards record. He's got all the records, but he doesn't have a playoff win. We know that he got injured one year, broke his leg playing for you, the great fans in Oakland and the global Raider Nation. We know that Derek has said everything right after Henry Ruggs and what happened there after the leaked emails 
that took out John Gruden. And we're probably not going to hear from him again unless it's on another platform about what happened here at the end of Las Vegas. And I'm sure he'll come out and speak. For those who have been reaching out to me and saying, will Derek ever play again? Well, he said that he wanted to retire a Raider. He wouldn't play for anybody else. Derek is probably going to play for someone else at a very high level. And he's probably going to go to a team where he's going to be a rock star when he gets here. He's, he's going to be the savior for the next team. That could be in Indianapolis. It could be in Seattle. It could be in Carolina. It could be for the Jets and or the Giants. It could be for Tampa Bay. Right? It could be for a lot of teams. So I think the next arc of Derek's life is going to be tremendous. We wish everybody well. Everybody. The coaches, the GMs, we wish them well. And a lot of these people I personally love are friends of mine who no longer work for the organization who helped me get to the place where I'm at today. It's a business. This is one of the unique business moves that we've seen as of late. And it hurts a lot of people, and I'm aware of that. And I know, I know you know I'm aware of this and, and how tough this is. It, how tough this is that Derek Carr is not going to get an opportunity for this team to win a Super Bowl, most likely. And he put everything into it. He put everything in in his entire life to this organization okay some people might not love him some people eh, that's better quarterbacks we we talked about that but everybody should respect him and everybody should wish him well and we have a lot of time to speculate on who the next quarterback will be long term for the las vegas raiders how they're going to get him how they're going to be able to move pieces to try to make that move and i don't know the answer to that because they're not going to tip their hands here because they can't tip their hand here. You also understand that, Raider Nation. I know you do. They cannot tip their hand inside the building about what they want to do in the offseason because you need an answer as you're coming out of your lunch break. They're not going to do that. It's a business. So you can speculate, and we give you a platform to speculate. We give you a platform to vent. As I tweeted out, sound off like you got a pair. Just make sure it's not personal. And tell us what's personal about you and what you want to see happen going on here. There's a lot of football to get to. Uh, The Niners are unbelievable. The Niners are unbelievable. I'm not a Niner hater the way some Raider fans are. I, I grew up a Giant fan. The Niners and the Giants had a great rivalry. The Niners and the Cowboys had a great rivalry. I did talk in the building about the old Battle of the Bay and how nasty it used to get in San Francisco in that parking lot. Everybody said, well, Oakland, so rough. Oakland, man, it's a war zone. Anybody remember? Raise your hand, beep your horn, the Battle of the Bay in San Francisco in Candlestick at the end. Man, you want to talk about a war zone and a tough place to go watch a football game. It was that place. Niner fans were waiting for Raider Nation in the parking lot, and Raider Nation was going in, worked up for those games. They had to cancel that game. They canceled the preseason Battle of the Bay where I believe back then it was safety issues. The fan bases were, were crazy there. It was nuts. And now they're playing here with everything on the line. 49ers are looking for the two seed. I think it's imperative that they get the two seed. If they don't get the two seed, I don't believe that Brock Purdy can win two playoff games on the road in the Super Bowl. And I also think there's a lot of luck with the Niners. Niners got good luck this year. The Raiders got a lot of bad luck. They did. You can talk about the Raiders' self-inflicted wounds. You'd be correct. But there was a lot of bad luck with the Raiders this year. The Niners got good luck because they didn't want Jimmy Garoppolo. And they couldn't trade him because he was injured. Kind of like we're talking about with Derek. Same exact thing. Exact thing. So when Jimmy Garoppolo was injured in the offseason, no one wanted to trade for him. 
and it could have been Cleveland because Deshaun Watson was suspended for the first 12 games, but no, the Niners couldn't find a trade partner. So Jimmy G didn't even show up in the offseason. He didn't even show up. He's like, no, I'm not going to come. I'm going to work out on my own, and you guys don't want me. And then all of a sudden, they're begging him to come back because Trey Lance got hurt. And then Jimmy gets hurt, and now Brock Purdy's playing like he's a pro bowler. And I always thought that Brock Purdy would, uh, going up against Derek in this game, if the Raiders didn't lose the Baker Mayfield game and the Kenny Pickett game, that Derek would have came out of the tunnel. I don't know that to be true. I don't know that to be true, but I think if the Raiders won two of the five colossal collapses, colossal collapses, if they won two out of the five, they're tied with the Dolphins coming into this game, and I think Carr comes out of the tunnel. I mean, it would take a lot to bench Derek Carr, even with the Dolphins going into a game like this, but the Raiders fell apart at Pittsburgh, should have won the game easily, and Baker Mayfield won that game that will haunt me the rest of the season here, and I think that changed a lot. For those who say the Raiders got 1%, give me a break. I don't care if they're 10 games out or they have 1%, just play hard. I talked to two Hall of Famers last night, two Hall of Famers, and they, I asked them, what's it like when you lose a great teammate? What's it like when you lose a brother? And both of them said the same thing. Just go play. Just shut up and play. They didn't say that about any specific player here, like a name here. But they were just like, this, ha- this happens. You go play. You're getting paid to play. You're getting paid to show up and do your job. This is a classic Belichick, do your job. Max Crosby's going to do his job. Devontae, I think, is going to do his job. Daniel Carlson, A.J. Cole will do their job. Chandler Jones and Denzel Perryman won't be able because they injured themselves playing for the Raiders, playing really intense football. And the guys who step up on the practice squad or the backups are going to have to play well. A couple of sound bites here that I want to get to before we get out to your phone calls. First, Rich Gannon, a former Raider, great, and I mean great. Here's what Gannon said about everything that went down with Stidham going to be the starter. He said this on NFL radio on Sirius XM. I think we saw the last of Derek Carr in a Raider uniform. I just think that uh, you've got a new general manager, a new head coach. This was kind of a make or break year for Derek Carr in terms of the evaluation process. I think the evaluation process just wasn't simply what they saw on the field. I think it's everything, right? Derek's been a, the ultimate professional, has accepted as much responsibility as he can when th- things don't go well. You know, look, he hasn't played well. The team around him hasn't played well. It's been a disappointing year. And now you, you get a chance to look at another young player and a guy that has some history in the offense and a quarterback, quite frankly, that played pretty well in the preseason. Now, Stidham's only thrown 61 passes, has never started an NFL game. But I think with two weeks left in the season, this is an opportunity for Dave Ziegler, general manager, and Josh McDaniels to take a look at uh, Jared Stidham. I-, I did all the preseason games, Bill. I watched every throw this kid made, and he mm-hmm. did some really good things. Now, it's preseason. You're playing playing against a lot of, some people would say, some roadies, some guys that aren't in the <laughs> NFL, some young sure. players, some inexperienced players that didn't even make the team, right? They didn't make their respective teams. But still... You just watch him. He had great command of the huddle, great command at the line of scrimmage, did a great job changing protections and changing plays and and really managing the situation around him, right? Because who was he out there with? He's out there with a lot of newbies, a lot of first-year players and rookies and playing for the first time. So uh, I think a lot of us are anxious to see what he can do. It's been a a, uh, an up-and-down career for Derek Carr with the Raiders. 
And at the end of the day, it always boils down to one loss record. And unfortunately for Derek, there's been more losses than victories. And it's a big reason why I think Josh McDaniels uh, and the organization has decided here with two weeks to go in the season, let's take a look at Jared Stidham. That's Rich Gannon, former Raider, great MVP. That's what Rich thinks. So forget what I think, forget what you think. You just heard Rich Gannon. That's what he thinks is going to happen here. And Rich has got a lot of respect for Derek and Derek for Rich. And you can tell it's a business. You know, Derek, Rich gives his opinion and then he moves on to Stidham because he's a pro. He played in the league. He's ready to move on and see what happens. He's not going to do a 20-minute gossip session on Sirius XM about this, that, and contracts and all that. That's what Rich thinks. And I don't think he's guarded. He does the games. He's the analyst during the preseason, and he knows a lot of people in the building. And he, that's his opinion there from Rich Gannon. Devontae in the locker room, the media session for Devontae. And we all know Devontae can't be happy because Derek is his best friend. They were college players together. Their wives are tight. It's got to be a tough time for Devontae, who came here because of the recruitment from Derek Carr and the organization. Here's Devontae yesterday. Your quarterback, but a good friend of yours. Uh, what was kind of the reaction when you got there? Um, well, I mean... I don't want to sit here and make this entire thing about that. I think we're just going to knock this out in, in, a, in a little single hitter here. But, I mean, um, obviously, I don't think anybody was excited about it in here. Um, you know, him being one of, one of my really good friends and, you know, the reason why I came here in the first place. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be here right now if he wasn't, the, you know, if he wasn't here. So, um, I think everybody knows how I feel about him. And, and you know, with that said, there's uh, – there's a process of how things go, and I'm not going to sit here and, and go on and on, but obviously I support my guy, and, um, you know, I, you know, we, we got to finish the season out, you know, the best way we can possible with, you know, all things considered at this point. But, uh, yeah, any, anything else that you guys got, you can you can leave that for, for Coach or, or Derek. Does this change anything about how you view uh, where you are and the situation moving forward? Um, well, we got two games left. We got the Niners this week, and then we got a, another game to go and, and finish. So that's really all that I'm really focused on. You reach out to Derek tonight and talk to him uh, a little bit. Well, we spoke already, so we'll. Uh, yeah, we we talked. Probably won't talk again tonight, but yeah, we we spoke already. For you, how do you want to finish this season based on the standards that you set for yourself? Same way that I, that I approach every single game. I mean, uh, it's not the first time that quarterback that I started the season with is not going to be finishing the season, whether it was injury or, or otherwise. So, um, you know, you got the, the ball keeps rolling. Got to got to figure it out. Um, you know, I've, I've played I played eight years without him. And, you know, that was that was what I had to do then. And this is what I have to do for the, the remainder of the season. And then moving forward, we'll see how everything goes from there. What have you liked about uh, practicing with Jarrett now getting his opportunity? You said what I liked about yeah, what, what, what stands out about him as a quarterback? I mean, you got a guy that doesn't have really any experience out there. He's just kind of playing loose, and you know, sometimes that can that can help him. Whatever whatever's going to be, you know, make allow him to go out there and play to the best of his ability. Um, you know, obviously we support and want to encourage him to do the best that he can. Obviously, uh, you know, for the betterment of team and himself as well. All right, that's Devontae Adams at his locker room session yesterday. Lee Sterling going to give you three games for free. Vince Sapienza from Fox 5 at the top of the hour. We're working on some other things here as we open up the show. Appreciate everybody being patient. NorCal Raider, start us off on the Raider flagship today on Thursday. What's happening? Hey, JT, how you doing? Good. What's happening? It was a tough day yesterday. You know, I have two little kids that were born around 
the time Derek Carr was drafted. And they took it pretty hard to see him make going. But I understand the business side, and I'm and I'm actually this actually benefits Derek. You know, you don't want to hurt Derek and hurt his stock. People talk about the Raiders stock. It's Derek's stock, stock too. You know, he's going to go. He's going to continue somewhere else. And I think McDaniel is doing a pretty good job because he's he's clean house and he's not holding on to these players that. I mean, if you think about it, 70% of our team is is from the last regime, and it's being cleansed as as we go. So, uh, I mean, for the most part, you know, most of our draft picks are contributing. There's no issues in the organization. It's just a change of direction. So, I, I got a lot of people are upset with the Raiders that they're doing this, but also think about Derek Carr and his future. You know, you don't want him to go out there and get hurt and be out the whole next year. It's just not the Raiders. It's also him. So, I think it's it's beneficial for the situation that we're under right now. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of truth to that. Thanks for the call. They, the Raiders can't afford. They care about Derek, obviously. Derek's the face of the franchise. Once a Raider, always a Raider. But the Raiders can't afford to have an injured Derek Carr. And there's a chance he could get injured against Nick Bosa or the Chiefs. If he gets injured, they lose all their leverage going into their offseason plan. I would assume that we all agree the biggest plan that they might have in the offseason that we're not privy to is around a potential trade of Derek Carr. And the good news about this is about, I think, as a compliment to Derek, there's six or seven teams that should want to trade for Carr. Now, four or five of them could say, we're not going to trade. They're going to release Derek. We're going to go after Derek in the open market. And we'll set the price on that, which might be the smart thing to do. But I believe one to two teams don't want to have that risk. They don't want to go after Derek in the open market because then Derek will pick whoever he wants to go to in the open market. If the teams make a trade now, and Derek has a no-trade clause. If Derek likes to trade, if the Raiders like to trade, they're going to get draft equity for that. And that has to happen. And you only need one team to do that. One team. And I think there's six or seven teams. I just don't know. This is a game of chess. There are GMs around the league saying, we got to go get him. we got to go get him now. If he gets on the open market, we're never going to get him. And then Derek's there with his agent going, I, I got no trade. But if Derek gets released, there's no, that doesn't matter. I would hope that the Raiders get something in return for Derek Carr. And that's going to be a big debate topic here on the show going forward is what is the fair value for Derek Carr in a trade? Well, it depends on what that other team wants to do. How Are they willing to give up a first and a fourth, a first and a second? Are they willing to give up a second and a third? I don't know what that's going to be. Uh, and we're going to find out about that because everyone's going to have an opinion on it. And we'll see how that develops. Chris is in Irvine. Chris, thanks for calling. We appreciate it. What's happening? JT, I'm so happy that Derek is gone. I'll tell you why. You gave him the best receiver, the best tight end, Hunter Renfro, and the league's best running back. He did nothing with it. The, the, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Wait, hold wait, on. Hold. No, no, no. No. The, the tight end, the tight end and the slot receiver were not available to play this year for the majority of the year. For the majority of the year, Waller and Renfro were not available to Derek Carr. So continue. Let's let's bring that where up was, there. Where was where was Jacobs and Adams? Jacobs led the league in rushing. He leads so the NFL available. in rushing. They were available, right? Mm, sure. Okay, you had two of the best offensive players in the league. Mm-hmm. Leadership. How many times have you seen Derek Carr go to the bench and sit on the bench and pout? all by himself, and no one came around him because he doesn't have leadership qualities. Don't shift it to the coach. It's not the coach. 
it's Derek Carr. That's I didn't shift it. Wrong. I didn't. I didn't shift he, it to anybody. Hold on. I didn't. I didn't, I didn't shift it. But hold on. This is, a, this is a fair point. I like this topic. The body yeah. lang- The body language of Derek. The body language of Derek is not in my top ten. Not in my top ten. Period. Not only top ten Raider quarterbacks. Top ten NFL quarterbacks. The leadership of Derek Carr in that building, in the offseason program, in what he does is a 10 out of 10. So Derek had a lot of good leadership going. So if you're, if you're sitting there being critical of his body language on the bench, fair analysis, but please don't go after his leadership, everything he's been for this organization in nine years. He's been a tremendous leader. He's a captain of this team. Don't take a shot at him this way. Take a shot at his body language on the bench in the second quarter. That's fair, but don't question his leadership as a whole. How many times have you seen Derek throw his receivers under the bus after he sails the football over their heads or down on their knees and, and their ankles? That's how you get concussions. He throws the ball at Renfro's kneecap and his ankles, and he had to bend over to catch a ball, and he got cold cock. Derek is not accurate. He's good, but good is not going to get you to the Super Bowl. You know this. Stop kissing this guy's butt. He's average. Nine years goodbye. Okay, appreciate the call. You know, there are people that believe this, and rightfully so, that Derek can't take you to the next level. And he had a lot of money and a lot of opportunities to do it. There was a lot of turnover. He never had a great offensive line like the great Rich Gannon. He did not. He did not have Ken Stabler and Daryl LaMonica's offensive line. Fact, not fiction. But he got a lot more money than those guys, all of them combined. All of them combined. And then some. And again, I think that Derek, his captaincies and what he's done is at a very high level. Very high level. And this year, clearly it didn't work out to the level that they wanted to be. I think everybody is to blame on what happened this year. They've all taken ownership. The coach has taken ownership at every press conference because every head coach in the NFL takes ownership after a loss. You ever hear Dan Campbell speak in Detroit? Do you hear Brian Dable in New York with the Giants when they lose? Robert Sala, Josh McDaniels. It's a team. And the quarterback is the most important player on the team. And the quarterback did not have a great year this year. I want to thank the entire team at Resorts World, Doghouse and Redtail, for being such a great partner all year. And not only do I value the partnership, and I want to thank everybody so much, but we can't wait to do bigger and better things in 2023 as I say Happy New Year to all of our proud partners here as we open up the show here on Raider Nation Radio. I love Scott Sabella and what he does and his vision for sports at Resorts World. Come see our Monday night football show at Doghouse and come to Red Tail as you can cut the line for Zook, the super nightclub. The restaurants are fantastic. I'm often at Eight Cigar Lounge. I love it there. Thanks again to everybody at Resorts World for being our proud partner as we open up the show today. 702-365-9200. I got Lee Sterling at 1245. Vince Sapiens at 1. I got an open segment here for you to call in on your opinions of Derek Carr. I'd like to get into the Niners and dive into the Niners. I think we owe it to Derek Carr to talk about his tenureship with the team, what he accomplished here, what Derek Carr meant to you on the flagship of the Silver and Black. This is Raider Nation Radio.
you know, like I said, it's more about the opportunity. This, like I said, we're all accountable to to where we're at, and I think this is more about an opportunity to to see uh, a guy that we haven't seen play in a situation like this against a couple good teams, really good teams. Um, you know, Derek's played a lot of football. There's a lot of evaluating that's going to take place here. Uh, once the season's over, uh, in terms of how we make the most progress, what makes the most sense for everybody, um, and how we move forward. And we knew that was going to be the case. Uh, obviously, we were hoping to be in a different scenario than we are currently. Um, but there's no, this isn't a, uh, this isn't a, uh, there's no finality to today. This is just a, you know, a decision we thought after talking about it and contemplating it that we thought, you know, would be um, an opportunity for us uh, to see, you know, what we have in him and, um, and how we how we do going forward, we'll see. You know what I mean. So there's a lot to be. I think there's a lot to be sorted through once the season's over. You know, that's Josh McDaniels yesterday. You'll hear my conversation with him today, tomorrow. We don't see Jared if Derek wins the Baker Mayfield game, and if they close out the game, they should have never had the ball trailing in Pittsburgh at any point in time. They should have bludgeoned Pittsburgh and beat Pittsburgh by 20. Opening drive of the game was brilliant. Opening drive against the Rams was brilliant, perfection. And then for whatever happened, the Raiders couldn't play for a lead. They couldn't step on the throat of their opponent. You know it. I just said it. We know that's the theme of this year. How do they fix that going forward? Well, you got to get a better quarterback than Derek Carr. You got to get a better quarterback than Derek Carr, or you have to have an elite rookie that will be the new face of the franchise that you can count on hopefully being great at some point in time. That's it. So they got to get someone who's better than Derek, and there's only a few people. We all know who's on that list. Or they got to get a new quarterback who will be the future face of the franchise who's more mobile and has the ability to be better than Derek, who started off 0-10 as a Raider and played himself into a Pro Bowl quarterback. they got to find that player. But I don't know the timelines on all this, how quickly it can happen. But the, the way, you can evaluate Jared Stidham all you want. I doubt there's going to be anything he proves in these two games that leads me to believe he's going to be the quarterback of the Raiders going forward other than in a backup role. But look at Brock Purdy. I didn't think that Brock Purdy could outplay Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo. And look what he's doing. So we're talking mostly about Derek today and what happened for him not to be the quarterback anymore. As we continue, Abel is in Texas. Happy New Year, Abel. Thanks for waiting. Go ahead. Hey, JT, thank you for taking my call today. Mm-hmm. Thank you. So I, I'm angry on two on two points, mm-hmm. one as a Raiders fan and one as a Derek Carr fan. Derek Carr, the human, Derek Carr, the quarterback, um, and a, a lifelong Raiders fan. I'm 34 years old, and all I've known is Raiders in my mm-hmm. time. And I pretty much spend every single day of my life in between breaks at work looking up Raiders videos, old videos, new videos, trying to find anything Raiders, right? Since I've been a child, besides our Super Bowl run, which that didn't end too well, mm-hmm. we have gone down this route of just just travesty after travesty. All the quarterbacks, the mediocre quarterbacks that come and come and come. When Derek came, he gave us hope. Mm-hmm. And, I, and when callers and, and people have the opinion that Derek Carr is a bad leader and a bad quarterback, that just doesn't make sense to me at all. Derek Carr is a great quarterback. He's been a part of some bad teams. Mm-hmm. For instance, everybody's talking about bringing in Tom Brady. Tom Brady has the seventh scoring defense in the NFL and has one more win. 
Let's not compare we're, Tom. We're let's gonna, not. Hold on. Let's no, not no, compare no, no, Tom Brady to Derek Carr. We're not please. comparing twenty-year-old. Okay, please. We're not comparing the twenty-five-year-old. Okay. We're talking about forty-six-year-old Tom Brady. We don't know what happened to Vinny okay. Testaverde. Remember, he went on that streak of no interceptions, and then one year just drops off. When you get to that age, my friend, please, please, right? my friend, my friend, please don't ever again say out of your mouth Vinny Testaverde, Derek Carr, and Tom Brady again. Please. Oh, I don't care if Tom Brady's 51. I, I, don't mention I, I, him to Derek Carr and Vinny Testaverde ever again. Please don't do that. I, I'm not saying that he is Tom Brady. What I'm saying is we have a 31-year-old quarterback that mm-hmm. has been very good. We have a defense that has never been – the average defense is 32nd. Okay. If we bring anybody in here – our, our problem is not the quarterback position. And on top of that, Carr didn't have his, his tight end mm-hmm. and his slot receiver. Okay. And Josh Jacobs, he, he did step up this year, but he took a step back mm-hmm. last year as well. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you're, you're seeing a career year out of Josh Jacobs as well. We don't know what we have going forward with Josh Jacobs. But one consistent thing is that Carr has showed up. I mean, he, he led the league in fourth-quarter comebacks. The guy is clutch. And the problem is when you're in that position to have to mm-hmm. come back, sometimes Pittsburgh happens. No, no, appreciate the call. Again, I, I gave you a lot of time. I really appreciate your call. I, I'm not going to go down. Don't tell me sometimes Pittsburgh happens. Stop. It can't happen. The new regime can't allow that to happen knowingly. They're trying to correct what happened with Baker Mayfield, which they're all to blame. Correct what happened in Pittsburgh. Correct what happened with Kyler Murray up 20. Fix what happened going forward. It, it, it can't happen. It didn't happen to the great Patriot teams. They had Tom Brady, of course. They had better defensive players. They had better special teams. They had better coaching. They had everything better. They're trying to get it there. And unfortunately, they don't believe that Derek Carr most likely is the answer. But you can't say anymore what happened in Pittsburgh can happen. It can't happen. When you're a better team and you have the ball and you have a nine-year veteran who's been to the Pro Bowls over Kenny Pickett. You got to win that game. You got to put that game away. You got to make better throws. You got to make better reads. You got to do a better job. And what pains me is I think Derek is capable of playing better than he played at Pittsburgh and better than he played in LA against Baker Mayfield. But he was getting evaluated this year and it happened. And there's so much blame to go around. Unfortunately, the quarterback in this league for a hundred years tends to get the blame. Um, I think the, the, the same way they've, you know, I mean, uh, we, we've dealt with some different things during the course of the year. Um, uh, look, I mean, we're all human, you know what I mean? So um, there's a lot of friendships across the team. Um, I hope I'd, I deal with our team the right way every time. Um, I've been honest and upfront with them about anything, um, any change we make or any decision that, that goes on that affects them. Uh, we've tried to be upfront and tell them the truth all year long, and uh, that didn't stop today. So. Um, they've, they've been great this morning and obviously eager to, to continue our preparation for uh, a challenge that this, this, this weekend is going to present. Yeah, you believe that. Uh, and I believe Josh McDaniels, when he said that, he's been honest. He was criticized from being a Denver head coach. And what would he do to change it when I had the initial interview with him as we had the initial big interview in front of the season ticket holders? And he said he'd do things differently. 
and the honesty to tell the team what they're doing. He's doing that in the building, not saying that everybody has to agree with it, but he's trying to get out in front of this. And I think a lot of people thought, you know, a week or two ago, if Derek and this team didn't win those games, especially the Pittsburgh game, there could be a quarterback change, and we're seeing that now. Lee Sterling joins us from Paramount Sports. Wow, what a job all year. And, Lee, happy milestone birthday for you, man. I was going to leave you alone. I figured you'd be in the Keys or on one of those Miami yachts you have. Happy birthday, my friend. Thanks so much. Uh, excited. Uh, just watched a video with my family. They put together with about 40 friends. So, uh, uh just feel, you know, just blessed, and Good. I'm happy, I'm healthy, and now it's time to celebrate tonight, go out for dinner. So uh, for one of the rare nights I won't be watching the College Bowls, I'll be with uh, 53 family members tonight at wow. dinner at my, fa- my favorite steakhouse. Uh, congratulations, and your Thanks. family is great. Let's jump in. First game, Jets minus one against Seattle. Now everybody realizes the Geno experiment. Very well. He got a Pro Bowl. He got a Pro Bowl out of it. He should get comeback player of the year easily. And the Jets had it all right in front of him until a quarterback controversy. His wife comes back. Jets minus one against Seattle. Yeah, he has not looked the same, Geno, since uh, he found out he was going to the Pro Bowl. Slow decline the last couple weeks. And now for the Jets, Mike White steps back in as a starter after recovering from a rib injury here. So uh, they need to win each of the last two games to have any chance to make the playoffs. They have been much better away from home here, and they're rabid fans, as uh, Zach Wilson's mom likes to call them here. So they've been 4-3 and three straight up, 5-2 and two against the spread on the road. And the Seahawks' defense has really struggled the last five games, facing the likes of pedestrian quarterbacks, like John Wolford and Sam Darnold here. They've given up 27.6 points per game here. Uh, I'm going to go with the Jets here. I think the one constant and the best of the four units is the Jets team here. I think the J-E-T-S Jets will win this game on the road, 27-17. Wow, Jets on the road in front of those 12s. All right, now, I think the biggest game of the year was Buffalo's win over Kansas City, which means they'd own the tiebreaker. So that, to me, is the big game of the year until I see this one now. Buffalo and Cincinnati, and they are saying that this could be the greatest ever, ever scheduled game in the history of this time because of the amount of wins per team on the platform they're playing on. Buffalo's still got to win. They'd love to shut it down like Philadelphia. They'd love to have a game in two in hand. Cincinnati could still play for the one, and Kansas City is going to be rooting for Cincinnati here. What a monster game. The biggest game we've seen in years. Buffalo minus one against Cincinnati. How do you have it? Oh, wow. I mean, like I said, it's big, and, and... What's happening now is the, the one seed by getting the bye and to heal up and, and not only having to not play the first week, uh, you get to face, not have to face number two and three seeds mm-hmm. as you go forward is that big. So I think the Bills' offense is still good, but uh, I don't think they're clicking on all cylinders, especially the passing game. And the pass defense has a great reputation, but listen to some of the teams they've faced here in the last seven, eight weeks. The Jets twice the Patriots twice, the Titans, Steelers, and Bears. They are going to face a real passing team here with maybe the hottest quarterback in the NFL here. I'm going Cincinnati at home here, 
27-20. Incredible. This is such a big game. It's never been easy for Buffalo. I thought I picked them to win the Super Bowl, as you know, before the season started. Yep. I thought it'd be a little bit easier for them. Man, they are still grinding it out. Big Blue Wrecking Crew, the Giants. If the Giants win, they can shut it down heading into the playoffs and get everybody even healthier here. Indianapolis could be the worst team in all of football. Jeff Saturday's team... An absolute disaster. They gave up the largest lead in the history of the league. I think the Giants got to take advantage of this. I just don't know if the points are too much. Giants minus five and a half against Indy. Yeah, after Jeff Saturday won his debut, they've gone 0-5 straight up. And, I mean, they've just fallen apart here. Also, time of possession, deficit. They used to control it. It's been against them seven of the last ten games. This offensive line, which was dominant isn't even average anymore. I'm not sure whether it's injuries. Uh, now Jonathan Taylor is done for the year. Nick Foles, how bad did he look last week? You can't even call it rusty. Passed for only 143 yards on 29 attempts, and all three of his interceptions were just bad reads here. I'm going with the Giants here. I think the G-men get it done, 28-17. All right, Lee, and again, heading into your birthday party tonight, the game of the week. I know you're there working the phones. you got a big night tonight. I want some people to pick up the phones. Go to ParamountSports.com. you got something on this game. You told us weeks ago, on this air, do not throw dirt on the Green Bay Packers. Green Bay minus three against Minnesota. Minnesota struggled my whole lifetime at Lambeau Field, but I think Minnesota has the better roster. How do we get this game? They do. We're going to find out if Minnesota keeps rolling or can Green Bay keep their hopes alive. Just call 800-400-9741. Give you the game for free. 800-400-9741. And how about this? We've never had this before. Normally, you need to be a client this time of the year for the month or the season. Ten days. All my NFL action and we'll release five or six big plays on Sunday. We've got bowl games, three or four bowl games every single day. And also basketball and hockey, all three sports, all access pass, just $97 for 10 days, one place, ParamountSports.com. ParamountSports.com, Lee Sterling on the milestone birthday. Lee, have a great time tonight, surrounded by family and friends. I wish I could be there with you. Happy New Year. Sounds good, buddy. You too. Lee Sterling on his birthday. Appreciate it. He would come on his 60th birthday today. I would cancel. If you asked me to come on your radio show today on that milestone, I'd say, no, I'm going to be with my family. Lee came in here. I threw out some shade on a tweet earlier today, uh, and I've been known to do that, and I hope to clean that up in the new year. Uh, one of the things, uh, Twitter here, and the, and the insanity that happens, I tweeted out, is today the day that all the gambling prognosticators post their season win-loss totals and send us a link to their winning percentage? Or does that happen tomorrow? The biggest problem in gambling is addiction is gambling addiction doesn't happen to everybody doesn't happen to anybody i really know everybody just betting a few bucks having fun they want a little action on the game but people do get addicted to gambling and it gets out of control the biggest problem i see in gambling are uninformed people who don't have a track record selling picks or telling you to bet on games and they don't tell you what their track record is and as we wrap up the year i'll say it again go on twitter and look at all these people giving you games just ask them all hey what was your season win total How'd you do this year? They should be able to send you to a link to their website saying I'm 47%, I'm 51%. Hey, I'm 57%. Do business with me. No one does it. Only a few people, and we have them on this show. Lee Sterling, Bill Krakenberger, the people who I care about who know how to make money, we try to get them on the show to give you an advantage. 
Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. That hour flew by. Vince Sapienza from Fox 5 next hour. Golden Knights lose to the Ducks. What's going on this year, man? They play so great so many times and then drop games at home and lose to the Ducks. I'm kind of surprised by that. UNLV basketball lost. But this show's about Derek Carr and your feelings about Derek Carr being benched and inactive the final two games of his career, most likely in Las Vegas. 702-365-9200, brought to you by Grimaldi's, the best pizza I've ever had.